Welcome to the Further North Podcast, your weekly dose of the North Melbourne Footy Club. My name is Josh and this is a fan-run podcast doing match previews, reviews and everything North. Let's get it started. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Episode number two, Further North Podcast. Welcome back, guys, if it's your second week listening. To kick off this week, I actually just want to say thank you so much for the reception on the first episode. Um, Legitimately did do so much better than I thought it would. Um, Shout out to the guys at the Facebook page, North Melbourne Closer to a Flag, for being supportive and sharing that out for me. There's great content over there, so make sure you check it out. And um, a North Melbourne fan page on Instagram as well, Mr. Kangaroos. Thank you so much uh, for the support there. So if you don't follow those pages, please go and follow it. Great North content. And I've made my own socials as well. So Further North Pod on Instagram and Further North Podcast on Facebook. That's where I'm going to be doing Q&As for you guys. I want you to give me your comments in the coming weeks. I'll read them out on the podcast and we can have a chat. Um, about exactly what our thoughts and our feelings are about the team so far. So yeah, make sure you follow those. I'll be asking you guys many, many questions. Get on it. And once again, thank you so much. Um, This week on the podcast, we're really just going to dive into the game against the Bulldogs. uh, And then I'm going to give you my ladder predictions for the year. So yeah, some big calls in there and we'll see how it goes. But first off with the game against the Bulldogs, I've got some positives and some negatives We'll start with the positives, um, and the, one of the biggest positives I took from it was the Tom Powell and Paul Curtis hype is real. These guys are the real deal. Um, Tom Powell looked fairly explosive and athletic again, clearly not quite as maybe dominant as he's been in the intra-club and against the Tigers, but the Bulldogs have a much better quality midfield maybe than we stacked up against the last couple of weeks, um, but... I'm all in on Tom Powell this year. Um, like I said last week on the podcast, I didn't really know what he was doing. and I didn't really know what his role in the team was uh, up until, honestly, this year. But I've been very, very impressed with him. And Paul Curtis, uh, the guy's going to kick goals. He's a bigger body than maybe I gave him credit for. Um, and I think the hype is real on those guys. So very solid from those two. Um, and they're definitely two to look for throughout the season. Um, another positive here was we look a lot better um, going out of the middle and pushing forward um, if we get first use. So once we get a handle on the ball, if we get first use out of the contest from Goldie or X, um, I think we're looking pretty clean and pretty quick and clinical moving the ball forward out of the center. Um, there is a flip side to that, which I will talk about uh, in the negatives, but let's focus on the positives. We look sharper. Um, we're obviously getting more guys rotate through the midfield now. Cunnington was very, very solid. Um, good to see Jai back as well, which was great. And uh, I don't know. I'm more confident out of the middle. I didn't actually think we were that bad out of the middle last year. Um, once again, when we got first use, it just barely happened. Um, and are we able to capitalize moving the ball forward efficiently into the Ford 50? instead of just sending that thing as far <laughs> into the 50 as we could and hoping Larky is prime Jezelinko and sits on someone's noggin and takes a clunk. Um, but we look better going forward out of the contest and look, that's a good positive. 
even with the other guys rotating through in Zerha, Will Phillips and Powell, um, we look to have a little bit more structure around there if we get first use. And I will stress that if we get first use from Goldie and X. Um, my next dot point, Cunnington is back. Like I mentioned just then, Cunnington looked pretty good. Um, he looked solid. He was classy. He was able to move around. Um, didn't get bullied out of the contest or anything like that. And that's going to be a massive, massive upgrade in our midfield um, as to why I think we'll improve this year. So him with Jai and LDU in the middle to start. And like I said before, those other guys rotating through the midfield, it gives me a lot of confidence um, that will be a little bit better moving forward, like I said in my last point. And Larky's a threat. Um, Larky has got better every year. I remember when he came in being an absolute beanpole, but um, he's got some size on him now. He always creates a contest, a brilliant set shot at goal, like we know. Uh, and I think he's going to have a mega, mega year. I actually have a bet with uh, a co-worker of mine called Big Ant. And if Big Ant's listening to this, you know that I'm going to win this bet, my friend. But I do have a bet with him. Who's going to kick more goals this year? Nick Larkey or Oscar Allen for his favorite team, the West Coast Eagles? Round one might prove me right already. I'm hoping so. But I think i got this in the bag. So Big Ant, you buy me lunch, mate. Lock that one in right now. But Larky's in for a big year. Looks like a threat. Um, obviously levels above um, Charlie Combin, but he's only played two AFL games. So, yeah, I think Larky is on this year. Um, my next dot point is forward pressure. Um, the forward pressure is way better. Um, and a big reason for that uh, is going to be Kane Turner. Um, Kane Turner's playing round one, guys, and I, we never, ever, ever thought this would happen once he got delisted and re-rookied. Um, Kane Turner's playing round one, and that's wild to say. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, nothing against Kane Turner. I hope he comes in and plays a role, and we're much better with him there, obviously. But what a crazy sort of turnaround it's been from how we felt about Kane Turner for the last few years. Um, obviously, leaving the roster, getting re-rookied, but what a turnaround from Kane Turner. Um, yeah, if he could just get on the scoreboard a bit more, like he just never got on the scoreboard. Um, you can't kick, you know, four or five goals in a season and play nearly every game. But the forward pressure and locking that ball in until we get a score is going to be important. Do I trust Clarkson to make him good? I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do. And I don't know why I'm not saying more than that because I'll dig myself into a hole here. But guys, Kane Turner is playing round one. Lock that in. Um, even guys, I guess Eddie Ford didn't play, but... Just generally, the forward pressure looks good. Um, Zerha barreling into Curtis. What a terrifying moment when Curtis is on the ground. Like, please don't injure this guy before round one. Uh, but we know old mate Bull loves a contest, <laughs> whether it's his teammates or uh, the opposition. So calm down, Bull. Preseason, mate. Uh, save all that for building the Tigers again this year when we, uh, when we take them. My theory for playing the Tigers this year, a little side note, I've got a theory. I think we should just uh, give Clark our spell. We'll get an interim coach in just for the Tigers game this year coming up. And then we'll bring Clarko back the week after. We've got to make sure we lock in that win this year. So I'm sure everyone will be on board with that. Um, yeah, so my last dot point, um, Simkin and Sheasel. Sheasel didn't kick as many goals as the last few games. Only got one, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. But once again, looks like he just fits. Um, he 
should be plugged into that forward line and never sit on the bench ever again. Put him in round one, please. He's got to start. And uh, this kid is maybe a smoke, not even a smoky, maybe a rising star. Um, better than our last rising star. Let's be honest. We don't want to talk about that. And who cares how that ended? He's gone to an irrelevant club. So, yeah, I'm all about the She's train this year. Um, She's is going to be a weapon. And Simpkin, 31 touches, I think he got. Um, Classia, look, we know what Jai Simpkin can do. I just hope he can elevate himself a little bit uh, more in that midfield. He's got the captaincy now. It's time to take another step like LDU did last year. Um, is there a better player in the league stepping around people ahead of a contest? Maybe, but he's up there. Um, just, mate, Jai, if you can just lace it out onto Larky's chest multiple times a game, that's three votes from me. Um, and they're sort of my main positives uh, from the game. What did you guys think of that? So please leave comments and let me know what you guys think of those positives and feel free to add uh, your own. But now the negatives, guys. And we're going to dive in a little bit more here. Um, the defense for me looks lost. Um, so many times we were outnumbered when the ball went in quick. Uh, I don't... Well, just watching the game, the ball would enter in quickly and there'd be three Bulldogs sort of all moving towards a pocket and we'd have like one guy standing in between them. Where are the other defenders? Like I don't understand where our team is a lot of the time. I understand there's zones and things in footy now, but man up. Like what are you guys doing? I I, re I was lost. It happened multiple times in the game where they'd send a quick ball in and we just didn't have any numbers and there wasn't as many North players in the shot on the telly. Like, you, you know, it baffles me, baffles me. So hopefully Clarko can sort that out ASAP because we will be on the end of a few big score lines if that uh, is how our defenders are going to man up and at least patrol their areas in a zone when the ball's coming in quick. Um, leading on from that point, tall forwards are still our weakness. As we know from last year, if you come up against a Hawkins and a Charlie Cameron combo, we don't have the defenders. Uh, Benny Mackay, great defender. I back him in. I'm so happy last uh, last week we talked about this, getting Griffin Logue. I really, really rate him. Um, but for some reason, Aidan Bonner, I like the thought of Aidan Bonner. Um, and I think Clarkson really, really likes him in that maybe Josh Gibson sort of role um, or that Lockie Hansen sort of role maybe. But I don't know. He just got bodied out of contests and – the times he looked good, he looked good, but there's more bad than good with Aiden Bonner. And I really hope he can really get it together because a player like that can be a really good swing man, playing on a small, playing on a tall, but he just doesn't seem to be able to match up against the talls. He was, yeah, he was put to the sword a little bit this week from, from my opinion. Um, it seems to be him or Core are going to battle it out for that third key defender slash medium-sized defender. I don't rate Aiden Core very highly. I did say this last week. He frustrated me so much last year. So I think I would still start with Bonner. Um, but hearing a couple of other North chats um, doesn't seem to be the consensus. I think I'm on my own with that one there. Um, but one of those guys needs to step up this year. Um, Bonner, I think, maybe has a more of a potential but maybe hasn't shown it. 
Um, Core, yeah, like I said, I don't rate him super highly and I thought he was really poor last year. If any of those guys, if one of those guys can come back and play that third defender role, look, lock him down for a spot in the 22 because we really, really need that. Um, My next dot point, the opposition is getting out of the back of contests so easily. Um, Sort of in my last, uh, in the positives where we talked about before, where if we get first use of the ball, I think we're pretty quick moving forward. But if we don't, we are a joke defending a clearance out of the centre. So many times we wouldn't get first use of the ball. All of our defenders would be on the attacking side of the contest on the centre square, on the centre circle, sorry. And it'd fall out the back, it'd bounce the wrong way. The Bulldogs would have one more handball to a player running past and there's no one from our team outside of the back 50 trying to cut them off or come in and try and stop them. They had so much space, just like when they entered the ball into the forward line very quickly and there was space out of the back of the contest in the center square or even from a ball up in a random position. If that ball doesn't go straight to our players, there's no one, there is no one there getting back or at least on the backside of the contest waiting to put some pressure on. And even if there is, there's three Bulldogs running in a pack and he's outnumbered anyway and we can't stop them. Bontempelli had an absolute field day. He made our midfielders look like a joke. Bont is a Brownlow quality midfield and the Bulldogs have a really solid midfield and they always touch us up. So look, it's not alarm bells because a team like that could be very, very good this year. And we're really going in this year to look to beat the West Coasts and the Essendons and the Hawthorns and GWSs and the Adelaides. Maybe those teams are a little bit out of our reach for the next year or so. But just as a, as a sign from the game, mate, we, we had nobody on the backside of that contest to stop them moving the ball forward. So, Clarko, mate, I'm sure you're listening to this. Get it together. But I'm sure he is. Guy's a star. Guys, a star. Um, yeah, that's sort of it for the negatives. I didn't want to dive in too much and I didn't want to be super negative. Um, there's probably other things we could have talked about, but they were the main points from watching the game. Um, once again, let me know if you agree with those um, negatives from the game and please let me know. Message me, comment. You guys did so well at messaging me last week. Tell me what you guys think too. I'm happy to read some of your thoughts out on the podcast um, throughout the weeks. So, Now we're going to get into my ladder predictions um, for the year. So we'll go from we'll go from bottom to top. I think that's more entertaining. We'll build the suspense. Let's see how we go. This is what I'm going to stick with for the year. Um, After that weekend's game, maybe I want to put the Bulldogs higher now, but we'll see. Anyway, at 18th, I've got Hawthorne. Um, No experience there. I think they're sort of where we were like four years ago. Um, they need to go and get some draft picks, get a few first rounders, top tens, and um, start to rebuild. I think they lost so much experience, so they're going to be at the bottom. Um, then I've got GWS 17th, West Coast 16th. Um, West Coast is a hard one. They're getting a lot of players back after their COVID-ridden year last year, but they are all quite old and haven't played for a year. So will they be able to come back in and hit the ground running? Obviously losing Josh Kennedy is massive. Um, All the West Coast fans can try and tell me that Oscar Allen is going to be an absolute star after not playing for a year. And look, the kid's got talent. (laughs) I'm not bashing him or anything like that. But 
I don't know. I don't see it with West Coast there. The only reason I haven't put them further down, I think, is because of their home ground advantage being so big. 15th, I've got Essendon. Um, our old rivals, Essendon. 15th, I think. Look, Brad Scott, come on, mate. You've still got North in your heart. Let them finish below us. But we know the Bombers are a shambles. Off the field, mainly. On the field, they've got a couple of talented players. But in my opinion... A lot of Bombers fans that I talk to seem to think they've got this crazy good young list. But in my opinion, all their young guns are like mid-20s now. So, and they haven't quite come on as much as they maybe think. So I think Essendon will be quite average. Um, and they did get touched up by the Saints, I'm pretty sure, in their preseason game. Um, 14th, North Melbourne. Um, my little goal I've set for myself for us this year is get out of the bottom four. That would be a massive season for me. Six to seven wins and out of the bottom four, and that is fantastic. So I'm going to put them 14th. Um, 13th, I've got Adelaide. 12th, I've got Gold Coast. And 11th, I've got St. Kilda. I do think those teams are maybe a little bit better than us. Maybe not Adelaide, but it's Adelaide. They're a bit gross and I don't like them. But yeah, I think those teams, realistically, if I take my North hat off for a second, um, they're probably going to be just ahead of us in that order. St. Kilda, who really knows, to be honest? That is the most mid-team I think I've ever seen. A-grade sort of contracts to B-grade players. They're solid. They're always going to semi-push for finals and always fall short, but not be good or bad enough to finish at the bottom and get good draft picks. So floating around the middle, pretty standard for the Saints. Ten, I've got Port Adelaide. And nine, I've got the Western Bulldogs. Port Adelaide, look, they can hype up Jason Horn Francis all they want. The guy's really done nothing in the league. His attitude is awful, as we know. And it's such a cop-out to blame, oh, North Melbourne were bad, so he didn't want to be there. It's your first year in the league. You should be dying to play league football, regardless of where you are. So I think that says more about him as a person than a player. But look, I don't believe the hype with Horn Francis. Yes, there's bias there, but sue me. Um, and the Bulldogs ninth. Yeah, the Bulldogs are a hard one. They always have, they could finish first. They could finish 12th. Who knows with them? They seem to have a great year, then a bad year, then a great year, then a bad year. I do kind of want to move them up a little bit after the weekend, but I'm sticking with my predictions. So I'll put the Bulldogs ninth, but any of those top 10 in my mind could finish in the finals. So it could be a close race. Um, eighth, I've put Fremantle. A little bit harsh. I think it's the Melbourne bias. I don't really know many of their players, um, but I've got to give them credit for finishing as high as they did last year. They did lose a bit. They gained O'Meara and Luke Jackson. Um, good ins, but Griffin Logue and uh, a few other players when I watched that Show Me The Money documentary, um, Rory Lobb as well, they lost some players as well. So, yeah, eighth, I think... Not because they couldn't finish higher, but yeah, because I think these other teams are just going to be better. Um, I've got the Pies at seventh. The Pies, once again, the AFL is hyping up the Pies. Hot Pies on the AFL accounts. Look, it's Collingwood. They're the biggest team. The AFL is always going to think that they're some top four great team. But we all know who watched the games last year. They're not winning 10 games by under a goal coming back from 30 points down too often so I think they will drop because if they lost three or four more of those games they would have been struggling to make uh, make the finals so I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit but I do like their pickups I do like Tom Mitchell playing in that midfield with those players he's not the player he used to be but 
yeah, I think he can do a job there. I like McStay. I think they do need a target just like that who can take a mark. Um, and Bobby Hill, I think, was the other one that they got. Who knows what he could be? He's an exciting player, still young. Um, so, yeah, I think seventh is about right for them. Richmond at six. Once again, the AFL frosts the Tigers. Um, putting them top four is wild to me. Their forward line is decent. Jack Rewatt's very old. Um, so who knows? He could fall off a cliff or he still could be very solid. Um, Tom Lynch, yep. He's always good. Um, doesn't like to kick goals in crucial times as we saw last year. But he's still very good. The midfield, yeah, solid midfield, good midfield. Getting him a little bit older. How's Dusty going to come back after his year being out? Cotchen's another year older. But picking up Taranto is a good pick. And Hopper seems like a solid player. Defense for me is a bit shaky with the Tigers, though. I'm talking to a few Richmond fans. They don't seem to think so. But, I mean, we're all biased, aren't we? Look at this podcast. So, yeah, I don't know. Six for the Tigers. Fifth for the Blues. I'm on the Blues this year. That's the biggest jump I've really got, except for North at the bottom as well. Um, I don't know. You got a, you got two Coleman medalists and a Brownlow medalist on your list, guys. You've got to finish in the finals. I can't believe they didn't make the finals. But I'm backing them for a big comeback year. If I have to hear Carlton fans whinge about injuries again. I understand they were all your defenders and I get that and it sucks, but the AFL is not about having 22 good players and nobody else. Everyone gets injuries. You got no excuses. Stop whinging and make the finals. But I'm on the Blues this year and I think they'll finish fifth. Top four for me um, is Sydney and Melbourne uh, in four and three. People are down on the Swans after the grand final, um, but realistically, um, they're an interstate team. We'd be so much higher on them if they were in Melbourne. And they really only had one bad game last year. I guess North nearly got them in round or the early rounds, round five or something, I think it was, when Zebul kicked five. But yeah, their only really bad game for the year was the grand final. So let's not let that affect the fact that they're a young team with a lot of talent and they're just getting sort of more experienced and older. So they'll still be up there. D's number three. I think the D's have the best list in the comp and I think they're going to win the premiership this year. Um, from third place. So I'm all on the Ds. Um, Benny Brown, I love you, mate. Please come back to North. But no, Ben Brown, I love you. I hope uh, you get another premiership with these Ds in Melbourne. Um, I'll be supporting you. Brisbane, number two, and then the Cats, number one. I don't want to see the Cats up there. I'm sick of the Cats. We all are. They think they're all, uh, we all said they're too old and too slow. Look, one journalist said that one time, and then you really clung on to that. Well done, but um, look, you got to tip the Cats up at the top until they don't finish at the top, but I don't want to see them anywhere near there, but they'll be good. And Brisbane number two, I don't know, people seem really split on Brisbane. Some people think they overachieved, some people think they underachieved. I think they underachieved, I think they got a really good young squad and um, getting, is it Gunston or Bruce? I think it's Gunston, but they're the same player in my mind. Um, but getting him an experienced, uh, more reliable forward than Danaher and Ashcroft in the middle. I mean, look, he stupid father son rule. He should be in our midfield. But anyway, I think they'll be really, really good. So that's my ladder predictions for the year. And I think the D's are going to win the premiership. So lock that in and uh, put your multis on now. But that's basically the podcast for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening again, tuning in. Um, I, once again, I appreciate all the follows and the attention and the love and the messages I got about the first week. So if you're a repeat listener for week two, I appreciate you so much. Please 
leave your comments on the Facebook and the Instagram pages. I want to interact with you guys and share your thoughts and opinions on here too. And uh, yeah, next week we'll be back, of course, with a North versus Eagles preview. Um, We're going to preview that game. I'm going to do my best 22 or my starting 22 for that Eagles game as well. Um, And we're going to do the Further North MVP. I'm going to explain exactly what's going on there. But basically, every week... I'm going to rank my players, we're going to give them votes, and we're going to have a Further North MVP uh, for this season, which is very exciting. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks so much. Love you all. See you next week. And remember, Kanga, I can't, I can't do it again. Thanks for listening to the Further North podcast. We'll be back next week with more great North chat. See you then, Roos fans.